Do you feel like you're successful on paper, but you still feel unfulfilled? Do you feel like you're checking all the boxes in your life, but there's still something missing? As my guest this week, Karen Seitz shares, join the club. I am so excited to share this conversation because Karen vividly captures the experience that so many of us have with inadequacy and self-doubt. She talks about the ways in which we seek validation from others at the expense of really knowing and prioritizing ourselves and our own needs. And she offers a simple strategy for putting ourselves first so that those around us get the best of us. Thank you so much as always for listening. Welcome to the Imposter Syndrome Files. My name is Kim Menninger, and as an executive coach and former high-tech leader, my personal mission is to help professionals overcome imposter syndrome so that you can advance your career with confidence. Each week, I interview a new guest who brings a powerful perspective to this conversation, including personal stories, best practices, and new insights. The more we talk about this issue, the more we destigmatize imposter syndrome, recognize that we're not alone, and empower ourselves to access the tools and resources that can help us and those around us. Thank you so much for listening and for sharing with others you think would benefit from this conversation. Welcome, Karen. It's such a pleasure to meet you, and I'm so excited to talk to you today. I'd love to start by inviting you to introduce yourself. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me, Kim. Uh, I'm Karen Seitz, the happiness mentor, and I help professional women who really struggle to feel like they've checked all the boxes in life, yet still feel unfulfilled and like something is missing in who they are or something is missing in the life that they've created. I help them to really connect with themselves, to recognize there's nothing missing. Uh, there's nothing missing in them except for a connection to who they are, that that's why we feel unfulfilled and, and why we feel empty in our lives, even when we've got a great life on paper and we still don't feel like we measure up, we still don't feel enough. And that comes from my own personal journey of having the exact same experience and hitting a point in my early 30s where I was still struggling with crippling insecurity on the inside, not feeling enough, even though my facade and what I projected out into the world made it look like I had it all together, made it look like I was confident in myself. Uh, but really, I felt like a little girl uh, trapped inside of a woman's body. And so my journey of learning to find my value and sense of self-worth in me and stop giving that away uh, to others and to who I thought I was supposed to be uh, in my external world and really learning how to be true to myself and feel good about who I am on the inside, which was how I was able to overcome that sense of feeling not enough and crippling insecurity and, and feeling like a little girl trapped in a woman's body. And I call that journey really the journey of being happy. I think there are going to be so many people listening who can identify with what you just said. It feels like an all too common, unfortunately, experience. And I wonder, because you have had an interesting journey of your own and addressing it, I wonder if you'd be comfortable sharing the the spiritual healing piece of your background and how mm -hmm. you thought that might be 
uh, a way of addressing it and realize the realizations that you came to? Yeah, of course. So my experience with imposter syndrome, since that's really the root of everything we're talking about today, the, the best example I have of that in my life is my own spiritual journey before <laughs> I discovered a true path and journey to being happy and feeling good about myself. So when I was 25, I was coming out of just a, 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 a challenging part of my life um, in my early, well, late teens, early 20s of really being stuck in self-destructive patterns and not having any kind of a, what I would call like adult feet underneath me. And so when I was 25, I started going to therapy. That didn't get me to where I wanted it to be. So I started seeking spiritually. And I looked for my answers, looked for some sort of meaning and purpose to myself and to my life in yoga, meditation, um, shamanic healing, energy work, astrologers, psychics, self-help books, the gamut, um, all the things woo-woo I did, uh, trying to find some sense of myself, trying to find confidence in me. And none of it worked. All it did was helped me create this outer facade that I felt good about myself, that I had it all together, that I knew who I was. But again, like I shared earlier on the inside, I was still incredibly insecure. And I knew deep down somewhere in me, what I was doing wasn't working to make me feel good about myself, to give me a sense of who I was, to have a sense of where I was taking my life. In fact, it was actually taking me away from myself because in my spiritual journey, I was trying to become somebody more than me, which is exactly what created a sense of imposter syndrome because in my view and how I define imposter syndrome is that it's a deep inadequacy in us that leads to us wanting to become or trying to become someone other than who we are, which is us not being true to ourselves. And that was my spiritual journey. I didn't want to be Karen. I wanted to be some higher evolved, spiritually evolved person to where I didn't have to be me. Because deep down, I didn't like who I was. I didn't feel good about myself on the inside. Mm. And my spiritual journey just was a way to try to get away from me, to try to become, again, somebody more than me. And I ended up not being true to myself at all. And that, that was my spiritual journey. And I had to learn a whole new way and a whole new path because that was just me continuing to create imposter syndrome in myself and then trying to manage it when really what we want to do is overcome it and find a way to resolve it, which has been my journey. And that's what I want everyone to know. There's, there's a way to overcome it. There's a way to actually resolve it. So you're not having to live in it or having to manage it. I have a question, but I haven't thought through how I want to ask it. So bear with me. I'm going to yeah here. What I find really interesting about what you're saying is that you seem to be very self-aware 
And I wonder, as you talked about trying to find yourself or trying to heal through these various spiritual channels and finding that it wasn't working, how did you have the awareness to know it's what I'm doing that's not working rather mm-hmm. than feeding the insecurity and the self-doubt and the and the, the sort of messaging that I'm not good enough? Because I think sometimes the reaction might have been, well, this is supposed to be the cure, so to speak, mm-hmm. for what ails us for lack of a better expression. Mm-hmm. And if it's not working for me, then maybe there's something wrong with me. Whereas mm-hmm. you were able to see, no, you know what? I'm not going about it in the right way. So as much mm-hmm. time as you spent going down that path, eventually you reached a point where you were able to pivot and say, this isn't mm-hmm. the right path for me. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, it was very much uh, an intervention, uh, so to speak, where I was fortunate enough to meet my mentors who were the first people to really help me know and understand and and find a path to know that my answers were inside of me and they weren't in all the paths and the books and the healers and and the things that I was doing to try to feel good about myself so that was that was a an, an awakening in myself to begin to know and understand and have a path to my answers and myself so that I was no longer seeking outside of me. Another crucial part that's really important for us to understand and to be able to overcome imposter syndrome, to feel that we are enough, to feel good about ourselves on the inside, is that they also helped me to see that I was the problem, that it wasn't society. It wasn't men. It wasn't my upbringing. It wasn't my parents. It wasn't even the spiritual path that I was on. I was the problem that my insecurity, my not feeling good enough on the inside, me constantly trying to be somebody other than me to get others approval, acceptance for others to like me was all self-created. And that was very different than anything else that I was learning about in my other paths is everything on those paths pointed to something or somebody outside of me that was causing me to feel like an imposter, that was causing me to feel inadequate or not enough. And there was no wiggle room (laughs) in this path, uh, which I call the journey of being happy to look anywhere else but myself. And that was critical to begin to develop the self-awareness, to look at me, to know what is it that I'm doing? What are the choices I'm making? Who am I being in my life that makes me feel so bad about myself? And that's when I began to know, oh, it's not <laughs> the things, it's, it's not me that these things aren't working. It's, these things don't work because they're not leading me to the right place. They're addressing all the symptoms for me to try to help manage these things, but there is no resolution. So I had to make a choice. Either these things don't work for me to develop a sense of self and develop my sense of self-worth and value inside of me, or there's something wrong with me that these things aren't working. And as I was introduced to a new way 
it was incredibly clear to me that there was a different way and that those things didn't work for what I was trying to use them for. Mm. And I think that's so important and potentially scary to people mm-hmm. who are listening. I have been on a similar journey of my own of always seeking external validation or feeling like there was something missing as you're describing and certainly in earlier parts of my life. And when you come to realize that it's not about everything else, it's about you, that can be painful. It can be really uncomfortable, but I also find it to be somewhat liberating and empowering because that you can work with. Mm-hmm. You can't change the world around you. You can't change all the different forces that you're blaming for that might be contributing right to, to your story. But at the end of the day, where you have the greatest influence is in yourself. And so mm-hmm. it's actually a it's actually a very important part of the process to get to that point. It's incredibly liberating. And I would once think the same thing of oh, this is, you know, how, what a bitter pill to swallow and how painful to see that it's me. But what I've come to learn and what I knew in myself and then working with other women is knowing when I knew deep down I was the problem and I was craving for somebody to tell me it was me. So it was very relieving and very refreshing to know that I was the problem, to know it's me creating my experience of imposter syndrome and my insecurities and feeling like a fraud in my life because I can do something about that. And I had to make a choice even to go further than just these, than to think these things contribute. I had to take it further to completely eradicate that there was any possibility that something or somebody else was contributing to my experience in order for me to overcome and resolve how I was feeling about myself. Because if I left any wiggle room that something or somebody else was contributing to my experience, then that would have prevented me from overcoming it because I'm still giving, even if it's just a sliver, I'm still giving a sense of my power away to something or someone else that you're, you're spot on. We, we have no control over. I, I, I have no control over anyone or anything else. I only have control over me. So that it has to be so black and white. If we want to overcome our feelings of inadequacy, overcome our feelings of feeling like a fraud or that who am I to do this and really take a look at ourselves to know what is it about me creating this? and really begin to work on ourselves in that way. Before I ask you about how you did that, Mm -hmm. I want to ask you a question for anybody who's listening and maybe thinking, "Uh uh-oh, this is starting Mm -hmm. to sound like me. Are there there signs or are there sort of um, things that people can be looking for that might indicate that's what's happening with them right now? Like, would you say there are certain behaviors or certain patterns that would suggest that they're in a similar situation and may benefit from looking inward mm-hmm. as opposed to continuing to think outwardly? 
Yeah, to make it really simple and really universal as a way to liberate yourself and have a path forward to overcome how you are feeling. If you suffer from imposter syndrome, that is exactly how you can know what I am talking about applies to you. That if you, if, <laughs> if that wasn't the case, you wouldn't be listening to Kim's show <laughs> and you wouldn't be suffering with imposter syndrome. So if you suffer with self-doubt, low self-esteem, feeling inadequate, those are all symptoms of imposter syndrome. And if you're struggling with that, it means they're in a good way, in an empowering way, you are the problem and you are the solution. And there is no greater gift you could give yourself. It doesn't make you bad or wrong. It makes you human because everybody suffers from imposter syndrome. It's not a you thing. It's not a woman thing. We all suffer from imposter syndrome as humans because of our own inner workings and and what we do that causes us to be locked into that self-doubt and locked into feeling bad about who we are and not feeling enough. So if that's you, this applies. I love the way you made it simple. I (laughs) I think that's a really great way to say it. And so you get to this point where you realize it's me. I have to do this work on myself. Where do you go from there? Because that's daunting. Yeah. Well, it, it can feel that way. Absolutely. And and I want to assure everybody listening, it's not daunting at all. That's what our mind makes it out to be. Because it's easier, quote unquote, to put the focus outside of ourselves to all the things we need to do out here or who we need to change out here, or what we need to change outside of us to overcome this, that's daunting. Because as we were talking about earlier, I don't have any control over anybody but but myself. So it's just a game we play with ourselves. We think if I just have to look at me, oh my God, that's so overwhelming. No, it makes it so simple and and actually gives you a path forward. So where we have to go from it is, is first understanding there's a singular place. If we want it to be simple, if we want to overcome and resolve imposter syndrome, then we have to put some black and white bumpers up to be able to look at ourselves as the problem and understand that imposter syndrome comes from one singular place. And this is what I had to do for myself. And this is how I help all the women I work with. The one singular place that it comes from is being disconnected from ourselves. We've never learned to be true to ourselves. And we've never learned to be connected to ourselves. And it's because of our own human experience of what I call external value. It's just how we're wired. It's just our humanness. And we look to the people and things outside of us to give us our sense of meaning and purpose and value in who we are. We, we look at, to it from our family, from our parents, from the degree that we got, from getting married, having kids, the type of house we get, the type of job we have, we accomplish uh, accomplishments or achievements. We're looking to the things and people outside of us to fill us up, to give us our sense of value and our sense of meaning and purpose. And it's from that place that we have no connection to ourselves 
because we're connected to everything and everybody else. And in that, we never learn to be true to ourselves because we're being who we think we need to be (laughs) to continue to get that meaning and purpose and sense of value from outside of us. So first, we just have to understand that's where it's coming from. Welcome to the club. You're not alone. It's our human experience. So the solution is what I call the journey of happiness, which is the journey of learning to connect with yourself by learning to build internal value, how to find your meaning and purpose and your sense of value and your sense of worth in you. And it doesn't mean you have to give up all the wonderful relationships and roles and things you love in your life because that's the next place our mind goes to. Oh my God, that's so scary. I don't want to give up getting married. I don't want to give up my kids. I don't want to give up my job. You don't have to. And you don't have to travel to India or go meditate in an ashram or take a pilgrimage somewhere. It's learning to connect with yourself in the very life that you have, to build a relationship with yourself and to do the things in your life that I'll talk about something very specific that makes you feel good about who you are. And in that, you're getting your sense of value in yourself. You're healing your relationship with yourself to feel good about who you are and learning to be true to yourself. And when we do that and we take that journey, we build self-confidence. We build our self-esteem. We finally realize I am enough just as who I am because we're accepting ourselves and accepting the life we have that we've created through our choices. And it's from that place that then imposter syndrome and, and having that doubt can't exist. It doesn't mean we're not human and we don't have moments of having a little self-doubt or having a lack of confidence or being anxious about walking into a new experience. That's our humanness. That's normal, but we're not in a, in a syndrome <laughs> and we're not in a chronic condition of constantly doubting ourselves, constantly feeling like we're not enough, constantly feeling like a fraud because our baseline is having a connection to ourselves and having a relationship with ourselves. Is there a, because I'm sure this is much deeper than we can speak to Mm -hmm. in the brief conversation that we're having today, but is there an action step that you would call out, Mm -hmm. maybe step one or, you know, in terms of how people listening can put this into practice, what is yeah. it? Like? Yeah, great question. That's the next place I, I want to go with this is how do we get onto the journey of being happy and building a relationship with ourselves to build internal value and feel good about who we are? We have to learn how to put ourselves first. And I, I have a specific way that I want to share um, with all of you listening, how to put yourself first, because we hear that thrown around all the time. Uh, so what does that really even mean? And, and why does that work to overcome and resolve imposter syndrome? What we want to realize is that imposter syndrome is the exact opposite of putting ourselves first. It comes from putting ourselves last. We're so concerned with how other people think about us. We're so concerned with getting our sense of pride and feeling good about who we are from our accomplishments, our achievements, from validation and kudos from others, that there's no consideration of ourselves and no ability to make ourselves feel important. 
we're looking to others to make us feel important. So putting yourself first isn't selfish. That's the, the first argument that comes up. It's not selfish. It's actually a way of slowing down and thinking of yourself to make yourself important so you feel good about yourself. And the, and the step that everyone can take today to begin to do that is re- reconnecting with and making time for yourself to do the things you love to do. And it's really simple. And here's why that works. One, we've all disconnected from the things we really enjoy. Our lives got busy. We began our careers. We became moms. We got married. We have responsibilities on our plate. And the first person to go is ourselves. And we don't stop to take time for ourselves to do things we actually really enjoy, not the things we think we have to do or we should be doing or we're supposed to be doing because everybody else likes really slowing down and reconnecting. What do I love to do? What do I really enjoy doing to spend time with myself? When we do that, we actually have to slow down and consider ourselves and make ourselves important by making that time for ourselves. It's not the things we're doing. That's the bonus because it's something we love to do. So for example, I love washing my car, not taking it through the car wash. I love going to the manual car wash, vacuuming out my car, using the armor all, you know, doing the, well, the windows are not actually my favorite part, the inside that drives me crazy, but doing the outside, drying it, it takes me about an hour. And I love to do that. I love to do it since I was 16 and I got my first car. And so when I carve that time out for myself very intentionally, and I don't make excuses to not go do it, I don't wipe myself off my calendar, I don't say, oh, I'll do it later, I don't feel like it right now, I actually support myself and follow through, that shows me I am important to me. I'm important enough. I matter enough to make the time, no matter what I've got on my schedule, no matter what somebody else needs from me, that I matter enough and I'm important enough to carve an hour out (laughs) to go do this just for me. And then I get to do something I love. That's just the bonus. The magic happens, the confidence, the self-assurance, the feeling good about yourself, the building a relationship with yourself happens through making that choice and making the time and following through. And when we do that in a consistent way, on a consistent basis, we feel really good about who we are, which is how I define being happy. Happy isn't about feeling happy. It's not even about joy or pleasure. Happy is I feel good about who I am, which comes from me and my choices and decisions that I make in my life, not what other people tell me. It comes from me. So when I make that time for myself and I show myself I'm important, which is putting ourselves first, that's where I feel really good about who I am. And from that place, I grow my confidence. I get to know who I am and I'm being true to myself. And in that place, we eradicate feeling inadequate and the self-doubt and the low self-esteem to where it's just not even there anymore. 
And when you talk about it that way, it makes it sound so simple. I'm I'm expecting that that it's not as simple as it sounds. Uh, right. Because I I definitely have certain things that I do for myself because I enjoy them, and I'm going to do it. What you know, I am somebody who loves to read for fun, and I do that every single day. I always make sure I have time to myself to read. Uh, mm-hmm. And I don't feel guilty about it. But in the beginning, I can imagine there's some guilt, there's some shame, there's some hesitation, there's a feeling like, oh, I should be doing something else, right? Is it just sticking with it long enough? Well, I'm so glad you brought this up. (laughs) You're right. There are going to be a lot of people out there thinking this sounds too easy. It's too simple. I can't do this. So I'm really glad you brought that up, Kim, because this is the biggest fight that I get. Well, the biggest fight I got from myself (laughs) and it's the biggest fight that I've gotten from my clients. And here's what I have learned. And I had to learn this by looking at myself. And then when I work with with my clients and and the women I work with, they have the same thing and and nobody likes to hear this, but it's the the truth that sets us free. (laughs) It is this simple. It really, truly is this simple. And here's the problem. We don't want it to be simple. We want to make it complicated. We want to make it hard. We want to um, dig our heels in and be stubborn. Because deep down, we don't want it to be simple because then we have to do it. We have an inner fight and an inner struggle with ourselves where we don't want to feel good about ourselves. And this is, I have, I have fought feeling good about myself and doing things for me to feel good about myself more than I fight having to see the icky things that I try to hide and suppress about myself that believe it or not. And that's been my experience with all my clients. It's easier for us to go to those places, all the ways we feel bad about ourselves than it is to actually do the things that make us feel good about who we are because we're comfortable in feeling bad about ourselves. That's what we know. And underneath that, here's what I've had to see is that I wanted to put myself last. Deep down, unconsciously, unknowingly, we want to put ourselves last. And here's why I have something that I wanted to read in case it should come up. (laughs) And this is something I wrote by looking at myself. And this is why we don't want it to be simple. We want to make it hard because we almost have an impulse to put ourselves last versus actually taking time to put ourselves first. And, And here's what I've learned why. And I wrote this about myself. As a grown up adult, I know that putting myself last is a way to get attention for what I think has happened to me. For as long as I can remember, I have put myself last. I always think I have a hard life and nobody cares about me. I want people to feel sorry for me that my life is so hard. So I act out to get attention. And how I act out is putting myself last. When I put myself last, I feel like a piece of fill in the blank. I feel like I just give myself the scraps. I want to prove that I'm worthless and don't deserve anything. 
I feel like I should just give up on myself, that I'm a hopeless case. I just want to play the poor me card and pull others in to feel sorry for me. That's why I put myself last. Mm. And, and we don't like to admit those things, but that's what's going on underneath the surface that we haven't been able to shine the light on. So we just have to make the choice. I don't want to be the martyr. I don't want to have a hard life anymore. I don't need people to feel sorry for me and think I have a hard life. I want to start to feel good about myself and give myself that gift and feel empowered and feel that I'm worth it and get my sense of value and confidence from me so that then I'm bulletproof in my life and what I come up against in other people or in my career or in my work environment. Because my confidence and my sense and value of who I am comes from me and nobody can take that away from me. And if somebody tries, it's just my opportunity to become stronger and more grounded and solid in myself. So I just have to make a choice. Who do I want to be? That's how simple it is to start to implement making time for yourself and putting yourself first. It is just a choice. Who do I want to be and how do I want to know myself? And from that place, it becomes really simple, really, really, really simple. And you can begin to see the effects almost immediately and how you experience yourself in your life in different environments, including at work, completely changes. That is so powerful. And as I'm hearing you share that, I'm thinking how there is obviously benefit, quote unquote, to being a victim right? There are reasons why we show up that way. But to your point, when we do that, we give our power away. Yeah. You can't, we get things. <laughs> you can't be a victim and be empowered at the same time. You can't. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely impossible. And we do get things out of being a victim. And everyone say, no, no, no. That's the last I don't want to be that my mom's such a victim. I don't want to be like my mom or my sister's such. I don't, I'm not like my sister, but it's actually a pervasive human experience because of how we do look for our sense of value externally. It's, it, it automatically puts us in a victim stance because everyone and everything else is responsible for how we feel or how we experience ourselves in our life. And then we get things out of it. If I feel sorry for myself, I feel bad about myself. I, feel powerless, then I don't have to get outside my comfort zone in life to really know who I am and believe in myself. It's safer for us, in in air quotes, it's safer for us to feel inadequate, to feel like we are not enough, because then that gives us the ability to play small or like I just read, to play the martyr. So we don't have to be exposed and we don't have to be vulnerable because we're scared of that. It's the unknown and we will do anything to fight that experience. But when we know that and we realize, oh, I am a victim, meaning I do have victim mentality. I do give my power away. That's actually empowering because then we have a choice. Mm. And it's like, do I want to, okay, how am I feeding this? And if you're willing and you're open to look, you'll see it everywhere. And then it's like, okay, now I have a choice. Not bad on me. I'm human. It's a human experience. Now I have a choice to actually do things differently and have a totally different experience of myself in my life. That's such an incredibly inspiring way to think. And I, I, I'm hopeful that 
everybody who's listening is, you know, their wheels are turning and it's starting to click because it, it just is simple. It's, it's, and it's worth it. I think it's, and that's, what's the, the most important thing to think about is you're worth it, right? Yes. 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 You, you are worth it to fight for yourself to start to do things in your life to put yourself first and feel good about who you are and make yourself important to you so you can be happy. That is the path to be happy, which again is feeling good about who you are, where you have a a deep acceptance of yourself and the life that you have so you can grow and learn and who you are and grow and learn in the life you have. And you will feel worth it. And you'll know that you are, you are so worth fighting for. And how you feel about yourself in the not enough and no confidence and the insecurity and the self-doubt isn't really who you are. (laughs) Underneath that, there's this incredible woman for you to get to know and to feel really good about yourself and your life. And it will change the whole trajectory of your life. And I think one perhaps area that feels counterintuitive is that we often think I can I can prioritize myself or I can prioritize others mm-hmm. as if it's a choice that we have to make and we don't realize that by prioritizing ourselves we can be of greater service. Mm. Absolutely. The best my favorite um analogy to use for that and and one that I I have heard others use and it's so powerful and and again very simple is if we're flying and we're on the airplane the flight attendant says in case of an emergency put your oxygen mask on first before you help anyone else with theirs and that's the perfect analogy for putting yourself first when you're putting yourself last that's the paragraph <laughs> that i read that i wrote about why we put ourselves last from that place we are an empty cup And we're trying to give to everybody else from an empty cup, from a place of being bitter, resentful, not feeling good about ourselves. Then we feel completely drained and burned out. So by learning to put yourself first with the very simple thing of making time for yourself to do something that you love for the purpose of showing yourself that you're important to you, that you matter so you can feel good about yourself. From that place, you have a full cup (laughs) and you feel good about yourself and confident and grounded. Wouldn't you rather give from that place than feeling empty, drained, burdened, overwhelmed, and burnt out? It's just, it's a a simple choice. Exactly. People are getting the worst of us, right? The worst, the absolute worst when we put ourselves last. Mm. They get the best version of who we are when we put ourselves first. Wow, this is such an amazing conversation, Karen. I'm so grateful to you for having this with me. Uh, where can people find you? I'm sure yeah. that there's going to be a lot of interest in learning mm-hmm. more. Yeah, you can find me at my website, ahappinesscourse.com, um, and and learn about my happiness course for women, which is where I teach everything uh, that we've been talking about today, how to really learn what gets in the way internally, from putting yourself first and then the very roadmap 
to be doing that and discovering the things you love and a roadmap to implement that in your life so that you can make a very simple lifestyle change uh, from putting yourself last to putting yourself first so you can be happy and feel good about who you are. That's wonderful. And I will link to that in the show notes. Great. Thanks again, Karen. Yeah. Thank you so much, Kim. Thanks so much for listening to the Imposter Syndrome Files. If you would like to continue this conversation in a safe and trusted space, I would love for you to join my virtual discussion group every Thursday at 12 p.m. Eastern. For the past several years, the group has been limited to women, but it is now open, regardless of gender, to anyone who is interested in exploring and troubleshooting common workplace challenges, building better awareness of ourselves and others, and becoming more inclusive allies at work. Check out the show notes for more info on how to find us. And please join us next week for another episode of the Imposter Syndrome Files.